spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48th state. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy, 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 happy Friday, baby. Oh, it is Friday. we got a couple hours left in the show. Three There's so much to get. That's right. we got MLK Day on Monday. Uh, this hour, we've got an update on the six-year-old kid who purposely shot his teacher. Just, in the chest. It just... It was on purpose, but what we have found out is shocking. We're going to bring it to you this hour. Okay. If you heard the beginning of the show, great. Governor Katie Hobbs joined us in studio. Uh, Chad, was the first time you and I got to meet her in person. Yeah. Obviously, we've interviewed her on a couple of different occasions. When she was Secretary of State. Correct. And when she was running uh, for governor, we got a chance to talk to her. That was on the phone. We did meet her. Uh, she was here in studio. And we talked about everything from her state of the state speech uh, to education to the homelessness problem in Arizona and, of course, the border. All right. Let's play you just a couple of minutes on her take on the border. Okay. All right. Governor Katie Hobbs in studio uh, on the show. Take a take a listen. Here we go. I got to tell you, one of the times we talked to you about the border, I didn't love our conversation because it seemed to me like you were blaming Trump for a lot of stuff. I don't care about Donald Trump anymore. He's gone. Um, Joe Biden's done a terrible job on the border. How do you work with a president who's done a terrible job on the border? I know that governors can only do so much. Right. Okay. How do you get him on board with doing something about the border? Because I think this falls on you, Governor. Yeah, no, I think that... Um Regardless of the party in Washington who has control, there's been decades of inaction on this issue. And I am, I will say that I'm encouraged by recent announcements made on border control and immigration, uh, the president's recent visit to El Paso and the border. Um, and, and I'm encouraged by that. I have a call with, uh, Homeland Security Secretary when I leave here. Uh, so, um, and I've invited him to the border in Arizona as well. I think what I'm hearing from community leaders in those border communities is that they don't feel heard by Washington and that this continued neglect and, and ignoring them is that's it, it, a problem. And so as governor, I think it's my responsibility to continue to advocate for our needs. So regardless of if I agree with the president's approach or not, uh, whether it's the president of my party or not, uh, I have to be an advocate. And I think approach matters. I think when the approach is focused on how do we find real solutions versus I'm going to do this political stunt, like put up a shipping container wall that has now cost Arizonans $200 million and is being taken down, um, that doesn't solve the problem. And how can we utilize those resources that are really going to provide meaningful relief in those communities that are bearing the brunt of of this um, inaction from Washington? Yeah, the, uh, the, the, uh, look, I look at the containers and I say to myself, $200 million, so that sounds like quite a uh, somebody got paid because that's government, as we all know. But nobody feels like they're heard out here. And the frustration yeah. level from Texas to here, I mean, California and Christian News, he doesn't care. Yeah, everybody can come here. But it, it, everybody has a right to be frustrated, and they didn't hear us. And while there are political stunts, they did get people talking in D.C., mm-hmm. which nobody else was doing. Yeah, no, I think I think that, that we're starting to see the result of that. I think the president's action and um, starting to acknowledge that we need some real so- solutions for both border security and immigration uh, reform uh, is is encouraging. Governor Katie Hobbs is joining us in studio. What do you say to the people who are listening right now and they're saying, well, she's a Democrat. She doesn't care about the border. Um, A Republican would do a better job on the border. 
What do you say to those people? I absolutely care about the border, and I absolutely care about what we can do to provide real solutions uh, to the issues that, that, that Arizona is facing. And as a border state, uh, we bear the brunt much more than a state that's not on the border. And um, I'm going to advocate for our needs in Washington, and I'm going to put resources where they can be most effective here in Arizona. All right. So that's a piece of our interview with uh, Governor Katie Hobbs. We led the show with her at 205 in studio. Okay, you know, the the obvious thing is, you know, when I asked her about this, you're a Democrat. Okay, you know, word on the street is that uh, the Democrats don't care about the border like Republicans care about the border. Um, And I would say that that's true. I would say that's true. I think the Republicans care a lot more about the border. Okay. Um, so when you look back, see, but when I look back at former governors, Jenna Napolitano was a uh, was was a governor here and she cared about the border. Uh, she I think went Democratic with, governors okay. on the border care far more than the average Democrat in like D.C. In, in D.C. or point. elsewhere because it, it affects you. Right. right. I mean, right. you know, and it, if you ignore it. You can't ignore the border if you're Arizona's governor, and it doesn't matter which party you're in. So let's just say behind closed doors that Katie Hobbs doesn't care about the border. She can't do that in front of a camera. Politically, she can't do that. No, she can't do that. So really, she has to do something. Yes. But what is it that she can do? I And as I said, you got to deliver. You got to deliver Biden. You got to make sure that he's doing something. Now, we know that the president has changed his policy on the border. If you're from Venezuela, Cuba, Cuba, Nicaragua, Haiti, Haiti, and you try and come over the border and claim asylum, we'll turn you around to Mexico. Now, you're you're giving me a weird face. I just, that is true. Yeah, I don't know true. how effective it's going to be, gonna be but it I, is a change in and, policy. And, you know, I was t- I was talking to uh, somebody who's on the border all the time today. Her name is Sarah Carter. She's an investigative journalist and and she got a big podcast. A lot of it's about uh, human trafficking and things of that nature. She was in El Paso this past week and she was talking to people. She's uh, who had just they didn't even bother to check them in. Okay, well, I don't know what that means. Means that you know how you're supposed to surrender. They go, we surrendered, but they just let us go through. They didn't even ask us for our names. There was just so many people. I I think when you're so overrun, I think the best thing that she can do on the border, and I, is absolutely be the loudest voice, the squeakiest wheel to this president about getting him here and getting the things that the people need on the border here for Arizona. Yeah, because and even if she can't get that done, if, at if least you show talking, the effort. Yeah, it's got to, there's got to be an effort because I don't know who can change President Biden's mind about the border. Well, he's too busy hiding stuff. <laughs> he's, he's next to my it's next to my Corvette. Stop bragging about your Corvette. <laughs> he's got all those classified stuff. Jeez, these presidents. <laughs> I think if we went and looked at every president, yeah. you know, they were talking. Hey, if you went to their libraries, which has a bunch of stuff, too. I bet there's tons of stuff that's classified. It's not supposed to be there. You know what they should do? Here's what you do. Trump did it. Biden did it. Classified uh, documents. You know what? Let's do this. Let's let, let's do this. Uh, make them live together for a month and televise. Oh, my God. Odd couple. Yeah. Make them do that because I'd like that. I'd like to see those two, you know, hang out for a while. That should be their punishment. They hate each other. Here's something let else those guys I, I, I want to say. Uh, we're not very good at classified no, stuff. No, we're not. Like, <laughs> if you miss something for eight years, obviously it wasn't as important as you thought it was. Probably, yeah. All right. Uh, that's a par- portion of our interview with Governor Katie Hobbs in studio. All right. You hear a little bit of it later. But right now, it is time for Five Spot. We need five of you to call. A news story we're all talking about. And today is Friday the 13th. 
Here's what we want from you. Tell us your biggest superstition. Are you superstitious? Is there, you know, something that you do every day or something that you do before a big event? Or is there something that scares you and you've got to be the superstitious person? What is your biggest superstition? 602-277-KTAR-277-5827. Your biggest superstition. Friday the 13th. Five Spot is next. And Chad. Brought to you by Parker and Sons. Heating, cooling, plumbing, and electrical. A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. All right, it's Friday the 13th. Superstitions. I am not the most superstitious person. You know the one thing that I do that is really stupid, and I guess it's superstitious? I park my car at the same place before I play softball. Really? I feel like if I don't, if I, I don't know why, because, you know, I hit the ball pretty good, right? And then you're like, if I move my, I've got to do everything kind of the same just for that. And I park my car in the same stupid spot. And I feel like if I don't do that, I'm not going to hit. It's really, it's, it's nonsense. It's stupid. I understand it. I'm going to park somewhere different tonight and see if I go over five. Well, today is Friday the 13th. And if you're scared of that, that is Triskaidekphobia. Huh? Triskaidekphobia. Disco, describedephobia. Tris- Tristidecophobia. Tristidecophobia. Yeah, that's it. So Let's see if Munn can do it. He's a... An irrational fear of routine. Tristidecophobia. Describedephobia. That's exactly it. You have a fear of people... Like lead names. Kurt Schilling, when he played for the Diamondbacks, he would never step on the line. Yeah. He was the guy never stepped... a lot of guys do that now. Yeah, what's the difference if you step on a line? I Who don't cares? Know. Like I was watching a guy today. I was watching a, a, an English soccer game, and the guy steps on the field and he does the crossing of the heart. Right. But then he he hops with three legs and drags his right foot, and then he takes off. And I'm like, that's something that guy probably does that's every weird. single time. Uh, I play with guys who would get dressed in weird ways, where they would put their they would get. They would strip down. Mm-hmm. They would put their their cleats, their their socks on, their shin guards. <laughs> then they'd get dressed. Right. And when you like, played professional soccer, yeah. And they're yeah. And, and they're like, "Well, I scored last time I did this." So, See, you know. And you're like, "Oh, th- I know weirdo. it's weird." Bunch of weirdos. How about like you know Friday the Thirteenth? How about like uh, walking under a ladder? That's supposed to be bad luck, right? In some cultures, it's weird okay. because some of these things, it's not. It's good luck. A black cat, the number 13, uh, breaking mm. a mirror, things of that. They're not as bad as, 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 you know, it depends on it. Like 13, when I was in England, when I was playing it so long ago, you didn't get squad numbers on the back of your jerseys. What's a squad number? So now you just get, like, uh, uh, whatever your number, you know, is. I choose 42. You get 42. Right. Well, back then... Goldie was number one. They had 13 players, two <laughs> subs. They never had the number 13. And yeah, like a hotel doesn't have the, the yeah, 13th floor. Yeah, you still, I try to tell people, you know, there's still a 13th floor. It's just the 14th floor. I've been to a couple of... Oh, crap, like, I never realized that. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think? There was an empty yeah, floor? Yeah, there was a dead no. floor. No, a dead floor. A dead floor. I got a couple of small ones. Growing up Latino, right? Yeah. This is one. So um, they never cut their hair until they're one year old. Yes. So my ne- my nephew, he had such long hair, people <laughs> thought he was a girl. Oh, jeez. Another one. My mom always had a glass of water by the door. I never understood why. Okay. After later years, I found out that a glass of water apparently absorbs all the bad spirits that come through your doorway. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Real weird, yeah. huh? Hmm. That's, that's 
that's kind of a, and yeah. owls. For some reason, us Latinos, owls. we are we are superstitious of owls. Yeah. And well, how about like well, like Mun? I'm sure you've got some. There has never been a more superstitious human being I've ever encountered in my life than former Diamondbacks manager Bob Melvin. Oh, really? He had, in the dugout, there is a little cork board where they would put up the lineup and stuff like that, and they had push pins, colored push pins, and every day before batting practice, he had to go out and arrange those push pins it, just so. Every day, the same configuration. Oh, it's so weird. I love the guy, but I have never met anybody Baseball as superstitious. Baseball players may as, be the most superstitious. Oh, there's no question. Hockey and players. it rubbed off on me a little bit during my time What there. did you do? I just get superstitious about certain things, like I have to drive a certain way to work. Uh, you, <laughs> you talked about how you put your clothes on in the morning. Yeah. And if I don't do it that way, it drives me nuts. You know, we, when you were doing play-by-play for the D-backs, like, if there was a pitcher that was throwing a no-hitter, it was always bad luck to ever yeah. say anything like that. Yeah. You, we would you find other it, ways to use the phrase, right? no runs, no hits. He is not allowed to hit through eight innings. You didn't use the phrase no, no hitter. And it's so yeah. funny. By the like the eighth inning, he's sitting in the dugout at one area, and the other twenty five guys I, are on the further far away they can get from him. The God. closest I came was a night in San Francisco when Trevor Cahill had a perfect game through seven. Yeah. And I didn't want to say it, but I thought, how am I going to explain he hasn't allowed a base? That's just what I said. He hasn't allowed a base runner through seven innings. And I just hope the audience figured out, oh, he must be throwing a perfect game. Yeah, I think the audience is in on it. That, yeah. That you don't say anything don't about him. it. Right. Don't jinx him. And, and the other thing that we don't do uh-huh. uh, off the air, never say, boy, this game's moving along. Oh, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. you know what's coming next? Yeah. A 10-run inning. No doubt about uh, it. I, you know, uh, one of the great hockey players, Marcel Dion, every game, if you ever go back and watch him, he would finish playing, he would go over to the bench, he'd snap his stick in half, and then he'd hand both sides over to the thing. Every single game, and he played like 1,200 games, nobody has a stick from Marcel Dion that was ever that's perfect. Because he was superstitious. If he didn't, he would never score a goal again. That's what he thought. Friday the 13th. Coming up next. Welcome to the new norm. A $1,000 car payment? What? Next. It's the Gatos and Chad Show. All right, kids. I'm looking up there. You know what I see? Cluster targeting. I can read that. Why? Because I went to my buddies over at King LASIK. Right now, you're thinking about getting rid of your glasses, your contacts. Do it. Go to King LASIK right now. Both eyes, $3,500. Save $2,000. financing, 24 months OAC. LASIK. Dr. King is only $146 a month. Go to kinglasik.com slash Arizona for complete details. That's inexpensive and amazing. <laughs> Last year, new car prices creeped towards $50,000. It's insane. Wow. 16% of new cars right now, their payments are about $1,000. And you're not getting, it's not like you're buying a Maserati or, you know, you know, it's like this is, this is where people are with new cars. Man, a $1,000 car payment is insane. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who anyone who'd want to buy uh, have a car that's a thousand dollar car. Like payment. you make forty grand a month, you're not right. worried thirty grand a month. All right, you yeah. know, I get it. Right, you you maybe you want to go and you want to you want to get a car that's going to cost you fifteen hundred two that you know. But it's the interest rates. Yeah, but if if right? you're in a, some of it's the interest rates, but if you're in a position where you need a new vehicle and you're going to be paying six, seven, eight, nine hundred, a thousand, eleven hundred bucks, yeah, a month. 
on a carpet. That's not insurance. That's just that. I always, uh, uh, I, I've only, I've only leased one car my entire life. I've always wanted to pay in cash. Yeah. So what I do is I save up, and then I pay it in cash, and I feel like that's the best way to go. Is it? Uh, is it always a great car? Not necessarily. Yeah, I've been there. But I mean. Again, it's going to get you from one place to another. The later you get in life, maybe you splurge a little bit. But I never wanted a car payment. I never liked it. I, I hate car payments. Yeah, I had that in my 20s, and I decided that's not something and I want to do anymore. sometimes you need it, right? I get it. Like, sometimes you, you, you need it because, you know, it's like for me, I went and got some a little bit, you know, I'm driving 120 my. plus miles a day. Yeah. Uh, you know, I needed someone a little bit more reliable and more comfortable. My other car was a stick when I came out here. That is not conducive to traffic. I'm here to tell you. I yeah. didn't have to drive a long way at home. The, you know, so... I got something with some more accoutrements on it, but pay it down. I double the payments when I can, triple the payments. I want to get rid of it, uh, you know, the payment as fast as possible. Uh, I love the vehicle, uh, but, you know, it is – you see people, and, 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 you know, you hear – it's like saving up for something. It's like what they talk about. Well, you should save up to buy a house. And, and in this day and age, stuff is getting away from people so fast. It's hard to Paying save up. cash for something – it, it ain't happening anymore. Yeah, like you got to take a loan out to get eggs. Yeah, <laughs> it's totally true. I mean, you really do. And I'm looking at going. You know, if you make sixty grand a year and you got just an average car, even used cars, because of the crisis with the, the you know, how expensive used cars were. I had a buddy last year. My my own my producer Anthony, his car he had a lease and it was up, and they offered him like five thousand dollars more than the car was worth. Right. And he's like, no, I want to buy the car outright. He's like, no, we'll give you X. You know, we, we, we will do this for you. It's just, it's nuts how expensive stuff got. And then you think about something that's new. It's crazy. Yeah. One of the reasons, rising interest rates. Yeah, that's not Another helping. reason, a growing number of uh, customers tend to owe more on the vehicle. They're trading in. Plus, they've extended worth. the loans. Remember that right. loans used to be like oh, yeah, yeah. forty-eight months, maybe sixty. Now they're seventy-two. Yep. They're moving out in eighty-four, and you're paying. Like, imagine having that much stuff eaten up. Oof. And if it goes upside down, you're paying a thousand bucks. What if something collapses? I know. One other issue. Let's hit. There are more UFOs. Yeah, baby. Okay. So you and I uh, make fun of each other. You're totally into this. You think there are aliens out there? I don't think that's the case. Uh, they're not there. They're, how do you think it's not the case? I, I just don't think it's the but case. But how do you think that out of, of, of the never ending? I think we, we're all alone. We, we can't I just wrap that. our minds around what is out there, how far forever is. Oh, I get it. I just have always been. I, I can't give you a reason why I believe that. I just don't think there's anything out there other than us. I think we're all alone. I've always thought that. But the crux of this story that was released earlier today is we're not talking about like, you know, little green men or anything of like that. They're UFOs. They're unidentified. Yeah. We don't know what they are. We don't know. And what here's are. the thing. They're flying in America and they're flying around um, uh, 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 places, bases yeah. and places that they shouldn't be. So I don't listen me. I don't think that's uh, an alien. I think it's China. I think it's Russia. It's not China. China okay. and Russia are so far behind us. One of the things that they're talking about is the fact that we have, We've gotten to the point with technology, whether it's through some other beings or something else, where we have holograms now that are almost you can touch them and on t and feel them. Uh -huh. And on top of that, they can be picked up by radar. 
So what are the UFOs? That's what they don't know. Some of them, they say, that, first of all, there's 500 more things that they cannot explain right. that were reported. Right. And we don't know what they are. That's what they're saying. Look, we have no idea what they are. Some of them may be just regular anomalies. Some of them may be uh, uh, nature. Uh, and some of them are just, we have zero idea. So when you say what, nature, it could be... Something that we've never discovered because it's too fast. Yeah, yeah. Something, yeah, yeah, something in nature, just in you know, uh, some sort of weird anomaly with a lightning bolt or something. But then there's some stuff out there. They're just like we've got no idea. We couldn't tell you what they are. Right. We can't tell you why it moves that way. And they're flying around our bases. Yeah, they're flying around. And our the bases. government is very worried about yeah. it. And here's something else. As we know, we like to play tricks even on ourselves. So who it's better us. To, who better to test out some stuff yeah. and scramble stuff than us yeah. on our own stuff? See, I would think that before a little green alien. Just me. But where did we get that technology? From so aliens. Far, there you green go. aliens. Okay. What if they showed up here? What would you do? <laughs> uh, I'd go over to your house because you uh, you've got like a bunker that we could get in. You've bunker. got food We're, over I'm there. We have to meet him. I'm just. <laughs> Skatos, he doesn't believe you guys are real. Have fun with him. <laughs> Coming up next. So this story is unbelievable. Remember uh, the six-year-old shot his teacher in the chest. Guess what? Uh, We've got new information on this six-year-old. They searched him before he shot the teacher and found nothing. Oh, my God. What happened here? We'll talk about it next. The Gatos and Chad Show. The Gatos and Chad Show. Afternoons. Hey, coming up at uh, 515. 515. You're going to hear from Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs. She joined us in studio earlier in the show. How does she plan to fix the homelessness problem in Arizona? As we've said, um, you know, nationwide, homelessness rose by less than 1% over the last few years. Uh, During the same time frame in Arizona, it's up 23%. What is happening here? What is wrong with us? What is wrong with us is right. Okay, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna chat with the governor about that. You can listen to it at five fifteen. Let's give you an update. Okay. Uh, this time last week, about a week ago, we heard Becky Lynn uh, reporting on a story about a six year old shooting a teacher. It's insane. And we're like, gosh, that must have been an accident. No. Well, I mean, the kid didn't really know the gun was loaded. No. Brought it to schools, arguing with somebody because he was trying to show it, and went off as the teacher tried to come and get it. We we, we ran all this stuff through our mind. There's no way a six-year-old purposely goes and says, I'm going to get her. And that's what happened. The authorities have said that the six-year-old took mom's gun, went to school, and specifically stood up in the middle of class and shot his teacher in the chest. She is doing well, we can say. She got the other 20 kids out of the class so no one else got shot. But here's the update today. The school knew or thought this kid was going to do something bad. So was tipped off in some by somebody that there is a chance that this kid a is going to do something. So what did they do? They actually searched his backpack. It, it gets more strange, man. There's like, you're thinking there's no way a six-year-old could do this. So they searched the backpack. They searched the backpack, which is crazy. We're going to look for a gun. Oh, yeah, it's a six-year-old. Okay. Well, they didn't find the gun. So are you telling me that this kid is so diabolical that he was able to, I don't know, put put the gun on him under his shirt? or Did he hide it in he, the desk? Because he got before? it in the school. He got the gun in the school. It's just so bizarre. And it's almost like, boy, I hate saying this. I hate it. 
but we know that this this child has a lot of psychological problems. They've already, you know, checked him out. He's kind of in a place right now because uh, he's not with his mother. He's kind of in a place right now where he's getting a lot of treatment. It's like, like it's he's a, a sociopath. Yeah, uh, it doesn't happen often, and I'm not saying this is 100 percent the case. It doesn't happen often, but there are kids as young as this. It's very rare. Uh, that that they there's just they're not wired right at the very beginning, and this looks like this looks like it's that kid. Is it, zero remorse, no feelings, right? Uh, Oof, you know, that like is a, a, a detachment disorder from something almost. Right. I bet you I wouldn't be surprised if it was he in and out of homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's and some was it, he it, abused? Was he just was he born not wired right? It could be you, anything. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's uh, a lot of times they they look towards, you know, you, you hear stories about those uh, uh, those kids that people adopted in the '90s from Russia, and you know, some of those parents return those kids, and those Ooh. kids weren't held until they were one or two outside of their diaper being changed. They have zero attachment to human uh, beings, and yeah. and it is it just. I don't know, man. It's scary to think that, first of all, you missed it. Secondly, why weren't you more proactive in saying, before he's back in the classroom, we need to address all of these things? Yeah. I just, I wonder how they found out that this kid had something. Because I can't imagine they thought, he's got a gun and he's bringing it into school. I can't, I don't know if it was that I don't know specific. if they thought it was a gun or they were just going to go through all of his stuff to find out if he has, if he had something. Wise man Steve Zinsmeister. Is it possible the kid brought the gun to school multiple times and the first time they hear about it later, some kid noticed it or something? Because remember, we had that story here in Arizona recently about how they caught a kid with a gun in his backpack. And the reason they knew was because he was showing off the ammo to the other kids. Yeah, because I can understand a six-year-old doing that. Um, You know, I was talking to my wife who was a teacher for over 30, almost 30 years. Yeah. And she said, you know, we had, we had a few incidents, not like this, but where uh, someone would bring a razor blade in or uh, and they say, hey, look how sharp this like is. Isn't this cool? Army knife. When I was a, a kid, little, I'd bring yeah. a Swiss Army knife yeah. to school. Nobody cared. But it was always innocent in the way that they brought it in and they didn't really know what they had. It was show and tell kind yeah. of thing. It was braggadocious. This kid knew what he was doing with a gun and shot a woman, his teacher, right in the chest. Yeah, because they said it was on purpose. So bringing in the show off doesn't oh. mean you're going to... Crazy. All right, coming up, uh, we've got uh, Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs. What's she going to do about the homelessness situation? Stick around.